0: uh national signing day you guys uh you both uh, you like the signing the recruiting following the recruiting and all that good stuff
1: i like to follow the i mean the oklahoma kids yeah i like to see where they're going and, and you know it's you know i wish we kept more of them it seems like every year we're losing more and more kids to um and i know we're going to break this down but arkansas in particular i think they had six oklahoma kids signees this yeah. year and and, you know, so there's some of those kids that get away that you'd like to see stay in-state, but I like to follow it. I think it's fun. Then you can follow them, you know, for the next four or five years and see how they do. And and, and one of the things, the, a kid that was highly recruited uh, out of Carl Albert years ago, went to Texas Tech, talking about um,
0: – Trayvon Porter. Up,
1: Porter. Trayvon, and now, and now he's on the coaching staff at Choctaw. So we got to see him as a player in high school. Then we got to see him go play college where he started multiple years. And now he's back coaching on the sidelines um, in a state championship game. So that was pretty cool. So it's fun to, I think, connect those dots and, and you, you kind of just get to follow the kids and see you know, see how they're doing.
0: Casey, three stars, four stars, five stars, Oklahoma kids, OSU. Yeah. How, do, what, how do you approach it?
2: But, you know, when you have continuity like Oklahoma State's had, which you have to have at a place like Oklahoma State, to have a consistent winner year in and year out, which is the formula Mike Gundy's put together – you, you put together a system of not necessarily stars and rankings, but you put to set together a system of the type of athlete that fits into to the schematics of the way that you do things, uh, the system and the way that you do things. You know, there, there's a, only about a 25% chance that any one per given recruit that you recruit actually will be a contributor as far as on the field consistently for your program because you're talking about kids that – don't make the grades you're talking about kids that that uh, get homesick and and want to go back home closer to mom and dad and then you talk about another quarter of the kids that just simply aren't as talented as maybe you thought they were when you evaluate them so I think when you stay closer to home you have a better idea of the type of fit they would be for your program so (laughs) this is a big year in state for recruiting for Oklahoma kids and and it kind of reminds me of why Oklahoma state really needs OU to be really good in football for OSU to be better. And that is because the better Oklahoma is the more local recruits, there's going to be available for OSU to get. If OU like say in the mid nineties, that's the worst case scenario for OSU recruiting because now OU's dipping into that high three star, the 0.886 type kid like Dominic Stevens, for instance. And now instead of getting that kid, OSU's having to dip down a level below that, so I think OU's recent success and the way that they're recruiting specifically nationally definitely benefited Oklahoma State in-state, and then kind of the trickle down to that is is that OSU struggled enough lately to where, and Arkansas as well, that they've taken all of the in-state kids away from Tulsa. So I think Tulsa now needs Arkansas to get really good where they can recruit more on a national basis, where they're not plucking the Tulsa, Washington kids. I know there's a kid from Wagner going to Texas Tech. Uh, and so I think with, with uh, Arkansas now making a resurgence, but still not good enough to recruit on a national level, the the recruiting strategy that Mike Gundy has put in place, I think that's hurt Tulsa the most this year in-state. So I think this is a fantastic in-state year for recruiting. Uh, I think OSU made a good haul with three or four particular players that they really need, a really good re- wide receiver uh, from Norman, two really good linebackers, a couple of really good offensive linemen, and then, of course, Oklahoma had the fantastic recruiting class as well.
0: Yeah, and we're about to break those down here in just a second uh, uh, for each school as well as out of state. But, uh, Phil, we're, we'll break down this list here in, in just a little bit, but th- we have saw so many great Oklahoma high schools players this year and a lot of them, obviously, not uh, able to play Division One football, it just shows you how uh, you know there's a there's a handful of Division One kids that come out of the state of Oklahoma. It's a good high school football season compared to others. It's not great, but it's still a good high school football season. And there's there's players like Luke Tarman will not be on, on the list for OU or OSU, but there's so many good kids out in high school football. Uh, we've seen a lot of them over the last several weeks and over the season.
1: Well, and I think I think I think and this is probably going to offend a few people, but. I think that's why it's important to help your kids have realistic expectations on, on where they can end up playing. You know, I think, you know, if if you play football or baseball or basketball or soccer or any sport you play, if if you're really competitive, then it's natural at some point in your life to say, man, I'd really like to go play big time college sports in my chosen uh, sport. Um, but if you're five foot ten and you weigh a buck eighty, and you're a junior and a senior, and you play linebacker, you're not going to play Division one football. I mean, it's 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 not going to happen. If you're if you're five eleven and and you're one hundred ninety five two hundred pounds and you play tight end in high school, you're not going to play Division one football at that position. I mean, it's not going to happen. And so I think one thing that National Signing Day always makes me remember is I wish we would help kids better understand that everybody, I know everybody wants to go D one when you're a 13 year old kid, that's all you talk about. But at some point you got to get realistic with yourself and realize if there's cats out there, like Luke Tarman, who was the best player in five, a this year, that got zero division one offers. Right. And he, and he was the best player in five. A and he's six foot six, one 185 pounds. It's tough to get an offer, yeah, at the D one <laughs> level, and so you know, hopefully you'll, you know, you can, you know, kids will be realistic. But I got to say this, you know, we're going to break it down. Yeah, you know, as a guy that that tends to that is rooted for the team in Stillwater for a long time, I'm sick and tired of finishing 36th in the recruiting class, 46th in the recruiting class. I mean, you know. It, it's getting old because until we can go out and get better Jimmy's and joes it's it's awful tough um uh, to compete in the, at the highest level and so i think osu had a good in-state recruiting class but again they find Correct. themselves around they have themselves around 40 in the country again in recruiting class and and third in the big 12 they seem to always finish third or fourth in the big 12 with iowa state coming up I think if O if O State doesn't do some things differently, and I think it's gonna to be tougher for Mike Gundy to recruit after off the off the field stuff this year than it was yeah. previously. I'm not saying I agree with it or I disagree with it. I'm just simply saying it's gonna to be tougher to go into some of these areas of the country and recruit effectively because I think there was some tarnish put on Gundy's uh cape on the off season. So, you know, it's 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 if you're an O State fan, I think you're happy with the in state recruits. But I think you're disappointed overall in where we fell again uh kind of middle of the road in Division one, and that's uh that's
0: not good and just to finish off real quick Phil you mentioned Luke Tarman another great yeah. quarterback in five a football Ben Harris who would be a candidate for five a player of the year as well yeah. uh he he would get yeah. some first place votes but ben Harris won fifty two high school football games four state championships now he's he he hasn't Probably not going to play football. He, he's, his career is probably in baseball. But that just shows you you can, you can have all the stats and numbers and all that stuff. But what a, a career. We're talking about uh, Ben Harrison, Carl, right here in a little bit. But uh, let's go ahead and take a look at the uh, University of Oklahoma signing. Again, we're taking a look at Oklahoma high school prospects uh, that come out of the state of Oklahoma and the Sooners. And, and Casey, um, you alluded to it a little bit earlier, the Sooners going a little bit more national, uh, more so than years past. But uh, Oklahoma signed – uh, Ethan Downs and Jordan Mukes, uh, Weatherford High School for Ethan and Jordan Mukes for Chautauqua. But uh, Phil, uh, you were able to see both of these players. Uh, give us your initial thoughts on Ethan Downs and Jordan Mukes.
1: Well, the thing that jumps off the board with Ethan Downs is he's a big kid. He's 6'4, 6'5, 240, 245 pounds coming out of high school, and he's real athletic. Chris, if you remember last year when we called that state championship game with them, He's got about size 18 feet. So, I mean, he's going to be, you know, he's, well, my point is, is he's really long and I think he could get even bigger. I don't think the kid's necessarily done growing, um, but a real athletic kid. Um, I don't know where he was ranked in the state. I think he was seventh in the state, according to some places, you know, had offers from Penn State, LSU. I mean, all the big schools he had offers from um, and chose to stay in, in, in the state of Oklahoma and I think he'll be a heck of a, a heck of a player for OU uh, if he continues to put on weight and get bigger. But he, he's definitely coming out of high school um, a great get for the Sooners, no doubt about it. And the Mukes kid, we saw him against Bixby, um, extremely athletic. Um, there was a couple plays where um, where uh, Presley breaks away and he can fly. Yeah. And, and you're going, okay, here's golden goalpost. And the Mukes kid took the perfect angle that coupled with his speed. He was able to keep Presley out of the end zone on two different long runs. I mean, the the kids, he's got a high, if you can, if you know how to take the right angles and just watching him, he's got a real high football IQ. He's very physical. He's big. He's long. I think he's a guy that'll that'll be a player for OU and a, it'll be a multi-year starter and you know and the sky's the limit for him.
0: Yeah, I think uh, eventually. I think uh, for Mukes, I think he might move over to the safety spot. They got to put a lot of uh, right. a weight on him and some and some and some right. muscles on him. But uh, I don't think he'll make an immediate impression at University of Oklahoma. But over the years, uh, that it's definitely a name we can uh, definitely uh, hear uh, in the defensive I, back field.
1: I think he's a kid to be like a redshirt sophomore, might – get get into the starting lineup as a red short sophomore but he's so big framed if you recall i mean he's a huge framed kid mm-hmm. um long you know, arms. It's not out of, long it's yeah. not out of the possibility he gets in there and he really takes to the weights and the training table i don't think it's out of the possibility that kid might end up playing outside linebacker at OU. I mean because he's big fast he's got a good football iq i mean i think he could do a lot of things so a lot of it's going to depend on what his body ends up looking like but but he's, he's a legit player, no doubt about it.
0: Casey, your thoughts on the Sooners again. You kind of mentioned earlier the Sooners going more nationals. Again, only two in-state kids at this time. And uh, the Sooners class, uh, one, again, one of the top ones in the nation. they got a few players they're still waiting on it here. Uh, one of the top running backs in the nation uh, still hasn't uh, committed. So, But as far as Oklahoma players, it looks like the two and done for the Sooners.
2: Yeah, and, and to kind of piggyback off of Phil's comment a minute ago, not only if you know if you have aspirations of your kid being a Division I athlete, I think what this recruiting class for OU this year showed, if you have aspirations of your kid being recruited by OU, <laughs> you better be pretty realistic in terms of how good they have to be yeah. to go to OU. And I will say this, and I say this as an Oklahoma State fan, and I agree with you, Phil. I am not happy with Oklahoma State recruiting is at. Uh, there has been too large of an investment made in football to be finishing in the 35s and the 40s. And if you look at and not just being in the 35 or 40s, Phil, look at the teams that are finishing ahead of OSU, the Illinois of the world and the Cincinnati's in places yep. like that. There, there's no reason for places like that to recruit better than Oklahoma State. Now, having said that, I will say this. I do think um, this strategy for OU, specifically Lincoln Riley, uh, has some pitfalls to it. I think you have to be careful if you're OU because I think Oklahoma State and now Texas Tech, as we see them, pluck a kid or two from Oklahoma, Baylor plucks some kids, Arkansas. You're now developing a region of teams that are full of kids on their roster that really the only thing that they want to do in the world is beat OU because they were snubbed by OU. So not only do these kids want to beat OU, for the fact that they're OU, they want to beat OU because they weren't recruited by OU. Kind of like when a kid from Baylor plays the University of Texas. Does that make sense to you? So, although it's a great thing that that uh, for OU that they are able to recruit nationally, I do think it is a mistake not to recruit locally more than they are. I could be wrong. I think we'll see how that goes. But, but uh, you know that that's a situation to where. I will be interesting to see interested to see how that plays out in the coming years.
1: All I'll say to that case is it sure hasn't bared to be true yet. You you still got to go play because OSU's beat OU how many times in the series? Yeah. Is it even at twenty well, yet?
2: Less, less under Gundy I mean, than the actual series itself?
1: I mean, but my, my point it my point is is that OU, because of their success, because of their name, mm-hmm. because of their brand, because they've had Three guys that play quarterback that either won the Heisman or were, were were a Heisman finalist in a row. Now you got a kid at quarterback that's gonna that's that's going to be there eventually. I mean, he's going to be a Heisman finalist if he doesn't win. But my my point is this: they don't have to recruit in Oklahoma. Got they can right. go get the best. They can go get the best players out of Texas, the best players out of Florida, the best players out of California. OSU can't agree. do that. And I agree. So, what I'm trying to say, you know, is,
2: instead of, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead,
1: Phil. No, no. I just, I think it's the, I think it's the difference between, and this is coming from an O-State guy. <laughs> okay, yeah. I think it's the, I think it's the difference between. I mean, you, you know, listen, you, the, the college football coaches and their staff's first job is recruiting. Yeah. That's their first job. You got to get them just on the campus life. before you. You got to get them on campus. If you can't get them on campus, it doesn't matter. And and I think that I think there's a lot of frustration felt by a lot of people in Cowboy Nation out there that that you know we're, that finishing third or fourth every year isn't good enough in the Big Twelve. Yeah. And I think yeah, until, what, what I, think until I think until I think until OSU can go out and recruit some of those more great out of state kids, I mean I think that's where we're going to be.
2: I think what I'm trying to say is instead of focusing on the times that OSU didn't beat OU, which is 93% of the time because OU is better than OSU almost every year, if you look at the times where OSU was able to beat OU, look yep. at the roster and how it was comprised. Rashawn yep. Woods, Billy Bajima, Josh Fields, Brandon Whedon, Justin Blackman, Bajima. Tracy Moore, all of – yeah, Bajuma all of those guys that were snubbed by OU, that whenever they had a team that was good enough to beat OU, that not only did they want to beat OU because they were OU, but they wanted to beat OU because they got snubbed hey. by that university. So that that's kind of the, the angle I, I'm looking at. And let me say this about Oklahoma State recruiting. I'm not saying I agree with it. But here is the pivot that Mike Gundy made about seven or eight years ago. He was going after the four or five-star recruits, Herschel Sims, Nick Starkle, the kid that ended up going to Texas A&M, There were three or four the Ronald Jones that ended up going to USC and OSU was landing some of these four or five star recruits, Dexter Pratt, if you remember him. Uh, And then what was happening is at the last minute, OU, USC, all of these schools were coming in and swiping these players out from underneath them, literally the night before the recruiting class was set to be put in paper. And so then OSU was left with no other options other than to go get high or low two star players. So what Mike Gundy's done instead of going after those guys that even if you get them to commit, you don't even know if they're going to sign the day that they're supposed to sign. He's gone after the solid to high three star kids that he knows if he gets them committed, that they will come to campus. They're not going to pull the rug out at the end of the day and what he what he also thinks and he's done this from time to time the difference between a three-star kid and a four-star kid is that a four-star kid as you mentioned will probably get to play for three years a two-star kid uh, like cole walterscheid from munster texas ended up being a four-star player but for only one year of his career it took him four years of college training to become a four-star player Whereas if you get a four-star out of high school, they're more ready to go, and you're going to get three or four years of four-star production out of them. So the way that Mike Gundy is recruiting is going to give you a chance every three or four years to develop a group and four-star players through your training, have that one shot like this year was supposed to be to win it, and then rebuild, whereas the way that OU is able to do it, you're able to reload every year.
0: Let's go ahead and take and a look
2: at that's my whole Just to finish it up,
1: though, that's my whole point, though. They take a shot at it. They're not getting it done, and I think people are getting frustrated with that.
0: Right. I agree. Well, let's take a look at the signing class for the Oklahoma State Cowboys For as far as in-state players are concerned. And uh, top of the list there, uh, Jaden Bray, wide receiver out of Norman High School. So uh, the Cowboys go into Norman once again uh, and get a player there, uh, Jaden Bray. Aiden Kelly, someone we'll be talking about here in a little bit from Thomas High School, defensive okay. lineman, Logan Nobles, offensive lineman from Jinx High School. Colin Oliver, Phil will have a lot to say about him here in a little bit. Defensive lineman at Edmond Santa Fe. Uh, Mikael Smith, defensive back from Midwest City High School. Donovan Stevens, not too far, at Dell City High School, both on the defensive side. Uh, Logan Ward, uh, it will be a walk-on, but uh, they were really wanting him as their kicking duties. And then finally, Ty Williams, a defensive back at of Muskogee High School, uh, a, a player that uh, got hurt all- early on in the season. Phil and uh, really, you get to see him uh, play throughout the year. And uh, Muskogee did not win a football game. And you would certainly think if Ty Williams was playing this year, there would have been a few more wins in Muskogee. But nonetheless, those are the uh, players uh, in-state for the Oklahoma State Cowboys.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, you, you, you look at the class from top to bottom as far as the in-state kids, which is what we're looking at here. I think they went out and got kids that they need. You know, you got this yeah. Bray kid out of Norman, I think is a sleeper that could be a phenomenal. He's a big kid. He's 6'3", 190, 195, had a lot of offers from a lot of big-time programs. Um, you know, I think it also the fact that he's in Norman and he's going to OSU, um, I don't, OU didn't even really recruit him. Now, there could be a variety of reasons for that. Maybe everybody knows he has no interest in going to Norman. He wants to get out of town and, you know, go away. It could also be that OU so stacked at, at wide receiver right now, they didn't offer him. You know, I mean, who knows, but, but he's, he's an outstanding prospect. The kid from Thomas, uh, I'm going to let you break him down a little bit more. Cause I'm, I, when we talk about the Thomas, uh, cash and, uh, uh matchup coming up, uh, we saw the nobles kid, uh, two weeks ago, um, or a week and a half ago, um, when, uh, Jinx played, um, played Edmund Santa Fe in the finals, big kid, what you would expect, the Oliver kid is my, in my opinion, is the best signee yeah. they've got in this class. I think he's got a ton. We saw him be double teamed the entire day against against a very, very good Jinx team, including a Jinx offensive line that has a kid that's going to OSU, uh, the, the Nobles kid. He was double teamed all day and still had 12, 13 tackles on the day. I mean, he's just a he's a big, physical, athletic kid. I think he's the the class of their signing class. Um, the Smith kid, don't know a lot about him. I want to let Casey kind of break him down a little bit more. But, but you know, anybody that's coming out of Midwest City High School, the defensive back, OSU needed to go get a couple defensive backs, and they did that between the Williams kid and the Smith kid. I think the Williams kid probably would grade out a little higher at the defensive back position. Um, but, you know, and the Williams kid, you, if you talk to Keaton Callens, who coached the Williams kid, he was on the staff at Muskogee, um, you know, I said, how does he compare to some of the guys that I know and he just looked at me and grinned and said he's special. Yeah. I mean, so mm-hmm. so I mean, he's the real deal cuz he's comparing him to guys you know around here uh, the way I asked him to like Kai Staley and who was also on the staff gotcha. then who spoke highly of the Williams kid, Josh King. I mean, we've had some great great defensive backs over the years that that Keaton played with and and I think he would put the Williams kid at the highest level of any of those guys so you know in state like Casey said I think it was a really solid good recruiting class in state it's, it's better than OU obviously um, in state but I think that's more of a, a or I think that's more because OSU needs to recruit in state and I don't want to offend a bunch of my friends I love Oklahoma high school football as much as anybody out there but the truth is is if you're getting a bulk of your recruits from from in-state, when you're signing eight kids like we did today, usually means you're not going out and getting some of the kids you wanted um, in other areas of the country also. Because Oklahoma high school football is not at the level, obviously, of Texas or Florida or California mm-hmm. or, you know, or I mean, there's a lot Pennsylvania. Um, there's a lot of states out there, Georgia. Um, I mean, there are other states, Louisiana. I mean, so we're just not at that level. And what I mean by that isn't that we don't have some great high school football players. We do. We just don't have the number of great high school football yeah. players those other states have simply because of population and just, you know, just numbers. But but a really good class for Oklahoma State, I think, you know, I think it's kind of what you expect. And we got to remember, too, Gunnar Gundy, while he came, he was a senior last year, he's going to be coming in with this freshman class. So he's going to actually be coming in with this class because he took a year off of college. He's been working with personal trainers and and coaches uh, this COVID year, uh, but he technically will be a not technically he will be a freshman with these group of kids coming in. So they do have a quarterback as well coming in who's who's a very good high school quarterback. We'll see what kind of development he had this year. You know where that where that ends up taking him, but you know there is a quarterback in that class
2: as well.
0: Casey, your thoughts on the Cowboys?
2: Yeah, uh I the the cornerback from Midwest City, Mikhail Smith, um, that is named. Yeah, Mikhail Smith, he yep. intrigues me. I've seen him two or three times, and what intrigues me about him is the way that Jim Knowles has transitioned into that LSU defense. I don't want to get geeky in how they run it, but it's basically man coverage for cornerbacks. And so what they've transitioned to, if you look at OSU corners, Rodarius Williams, AJ Green, Christian Holmes, the 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 uh transfer from Missouri this year, the grad transfer, and now Mikhail Smith. They're looking at cornerbacks that basically fit a profile. This kid fits all of them. He's six foot. He's 195 pounds. He flips his hips. He knows how to run. He's a ball-hawking corner. This is the type of kid, again, that Oklahoma State does such a good job of not looking at recruiting stars. I think he's like a, a composite 84 which is middle-of-the-road three-star, nothing to be excited about, unless you really fit the skills that this kid brings to what Oklahoma State is doing defensively with their corners and realizing that this kid absolutely fits the bill. And then the other kid that I, I'm super excited about is the Dell City kid that I think he's listed as an outside linebacker, maybe, uh, Donovan, Donovan Stevens he reminds me of, of Malcolm Rodriguez and that type of, okay, what are you going to do with him when you get him on campus? Are you going to slender, you know, you're going to slender him up and make him one of those, those, uh, you know, those half players that, that, that kind of star player, where he's half run, half pass. Are you going to make him a full-time box linebacker? Are you going to make him a long and lanky safety uh, in, in the form of, of say a Dayton low? I think a Dominique Stevens type kid, is the exact kind of kid that Oklahoma State needs because he can fill a need in two or three different places on a defense as far as what you want to turn him into. So uh, very excited about, about those two young men. And I know, Phil, you're very, very high on the, the Edmund Santa Fe uh, linebacker. I, yes. I, I've seen him a couple of times. I still think that there's a chance that he could end up being a defensive end type player that uh, could be think he's going to be an in-the-box be. linebacker but again yeah, I, mean, I, you know, yeah, I, totally- I think
1: it, it it depends it depends on what his body does right I mean and yeah, that's the right. caveat you got to put on all these kids just like the young man you're talking about right now from uh from Dell City he's six foot yeah. 205 which really means he's five eleven one ninety five, 195 and so he's you know what does he do physically I mean it, you know I mean what's he going to do physically to me the Smith Rodriguez. kid yeah, and that could be. That absolutely could be. Yeah, but like right. the, Smith, the Smith kid you're talking about, I know you say he's 190. Everywhere I'm looking has him listed at 165. Now, I'm not saying that. I mean, they could all be wrong. I don't. I haven't seen the kid. But but even if he is 165 at corner, the big thing is he's six foot tall. And if you're yeah. six foot tall or taller at corner, you are that's a big corner, right? He's um, going to play so, at 200
2: pounds at OSU.
1: Correct. He'll be at 200 pounds at OSU, no doubt. 195, 200 and probably pounds.
2: probably six foot and a half.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and, and you know he can run, obviously. So there's so many of these guys. Unless you're a guy like the, like the Downs kid that's going to OU that's foot Yeah. 6'4", right. 6'5", 2'4", you, you know what he is. He's a defensive end. Yeah. He's going to be a defensive end in college football. Correct. Right. Um, you know, but these kids that are tweeners, you know, that come out and they're six foot 195. Look at the kids OSU get. Well, think about it. You know, Kentrell Brothers from Guthrie. Kentrell was yeah. six foot tall and weighed about two hundred and five pounds when he came out of high school, and bingo, bango, he's six foot tall and he weighs about two hundred and fifty pounds. You know, by the time yeah. he's out of Missouri,
2: so I mean, you just you just don't know. I will say you know, this, you just Kentrell would be at OSU right now. OSU was recruiting at a higher level when Kentrell came out. He would be at Oklahoma State right now. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Well, those I don't know are, if you had to do it again.
0: Yeah, those are the uh, yeah. those. Are, those are the classes for the Oklahoma Sooners and the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Now, not every single player that plays in Oklahoma go to those schools. And let's take a look at some of those players that did sneak out of state here. Uh, high school students. Kendall Daniels, uh, many believe, is the number one player out of the state of Oklahoma. Uh, begs High School at the Fighting Ryan Cottings. Uh, going to Texas A&M. Bryce Drummond, the quarterback that made the Pahuska uh, to the state semifinals, uh, eventually losing the cash, and he's headed to North Texas. A.J. Green, the great running back at Tulsa Union, is going to Arkansas. We'll hear Arkansas a, f- a few times here. Kevin Green, defensive lineman from Dell City, North Texas. Javion Hunt, the running back at Carl Albert, going to Arkansas. Chase Jackson, uh, wide receiver, headed to, Ch- uh, headed to TCU. He's the uh, Charlton wide receiver. Cameron Little, listed as the number one kicker in the nation in Southmore, America, Southmore, Oklahoma. But uh, Cameron Little didn't employ uh, his football coach, asking him to come out. He was a soccer player. Two years later, he's the number one uh, kicker in the nation. But uh, he's headed to Arkansas. Uh, Jeff Nwanko, uh, wide receiver, Pump north, is headed to Tulane. Uh, Keewan Parker, defensive back from Tulsa, Washington, headed to Arkansas. Isaac Smith, defensive lineman from Wagner, the 4A state champions, going to Texas Tech. Bryce Stevens, wide receiver from John Marshall, is signed with Arkansas. Melvin Swindle, defensive lineman from Heritage Hall, signed with Eastern Michigan. Rajon Tatum, the linebacker uh, at Dell City, headed to Boise State. Uh, Good recruiting there. Tevin Williams, defense back from Stillwater. He sneaks out of Payne County, headed to Baylor. And then Solomon Wright, defensive lineman from Vianne, who uh, played in the state championship a year ago, headed to Arkansas. And, uh, Casey, your initial thoughts on the uh, Oklahoma kids headed out of state.
2: Yeah, obviously. If you look at the last two on that list – those are the two most disappointing, you know. Tevin Williams has been nothing but an absolute multi-sport stud at Stillwater High School, right down the road from Oklahoma State, and he's slipping away to Baylor. Now, it's not uh, it's not unprecedented that that Stillwater High School graduates end up going to Baylor to play football. If you remember John Martin in the mid nineties, his dad Dave Martin was the associate AD for several years. At Oklahoma State, his boy, John, uh, played receiver at Baylor. So it's not unprecedented, but certainly very, very disappointing that Devin Williams is not going to play for Oklahoma State. And then Solomon Wright, uh, the son of Ken Yotta Wright, who is such a fantastic linebacker at Oklahoma State from Vianne, Oklahoma, going to Arkansas. You know, and it's not like these guys are going to Division three schools. These kids are good enough to play at OSU. No doubt about it. If you're good enough to play at Baylor, if you're good enough to play at Arkansas, you are good enough to play at Oklahoma State. And, Phil, I know you're going to fill in a lot of the dots with uh, with the Wagner kid and with Malcolm Rodriguez and the amount of success that he's had at Oklahoma State from Wagner, Isaac Smith, the kid's name. Disappointing to me that, that Oklahoma State allowed him to get away. Disappointing to me that when you look at that list, Oklahoma State has allowed Arkansas to invade Tulsa and really Eastern Oklahoma, for that matter, as much as they had. I've had a chance to see Kendall Daniels from Beggs. He's one of those kids that fit the profile. I mean, I think we'll have to wait and see. Uh, you know, it's a big step from, from Beggs to Texas A&M and SEC football. I think there's some things that are going to have to translate uh, positively for him. For him to have success at A&M is certainly uh, immediately. Bryce Drummond, big kid. He looks like Ben Roethlisberger uh, on a football field. He's able to run just enough to scramble around to throw the ball. A good arm, I wouldn't say just an absolute rocket for an arm, uh, but a good enough arm. Uh, North Texas, I think, is probably a pretty good fit for him. And uh, J.B. Hunt from Carl Albert, obviously, didn't get a lot of the headlines from – Carl Albert, because you have Kentrell Bazell, you have you have Ben Harris, you you have uh, Colby Cruz, and you have all of these guys. Um, number nine, the receiver, again, his last LaMarion Curry. Uh you have all these guys that are tremendous football players, and then all of a sudden you forget that D.Beyon Hunt is getting recruited to go to Arkansas to play defense, a position that side of the ball that he didn't even play in high school. So uh very disappointed that Oklahoma State allowed Arkansas uh such inroads in the Tulsa area because those are the kids that Oklahoma State needs.
0: And you look at Phil uh, Transition real quick, Kendall Daniel, Daniels, uh, arguably the number one player out of Oklahoma, defensive player yep. going to Texas A&M. Yep. The last player that kind of comes to my mind was Dax Hill, the Booker T. Washington number one player in the state of Oklahoma going to Michigan. So the top defensive player, top Oklahoma player going out of state.
1: Well, I will say this. I have a, Before I jump into this, I got to address all of our one of our favorite Blue Jays for all three of us, Keaton Collins. Keaton, yeah. We didn't forget about Ty Williams. Believe me, we just talked about it. You just joined the show late. We spent a lot of time yeah. talking about Ty Williams. <laughs> so, so Ty was definitely discussed. I shared that our conversation about you telling me that he's the real deal and and uh, we think he's going to be a, a big time player at OSU. But saying that, I I I have a little more belief in the Daniels kid than Casey does. I think he's he is any any scouting service you look at has Daniels ranked the number one player in the state of Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. He's in every scouting service out there; they have him ranked one through five at safety in the entire nation. Um, he's got offers from A and M, Alabama, Auburn, Baylor, Clemson, LSU, the who's who of college football programs. I'm going to put my trust that those cats see a kid that's six foot four, weighs 190 pounds. And runs about a four-four-five forty, that they know what they're talking about. Now there are those off the field things, there are those classroom things, there's moving away from home things, there's all kinds of things that play into it that could impact his ability on the field. And I think that's what Casey was really getting to. And I think that things have to translate there. I get it. Begs is a small school, um, but I could tell you from watching us getting to call the the state championship games and being a part of the production, all the games the last two years here in Oklahoma for every class with the exception of class B. Yeah. What, what is really, what has really stood out to me is the people I thought I was going to be most impressed with the big, the big school kids aren't yeah. the ones I'm most impressed with. I mean, the ones I'm most impressed with are the kids from the Wagner's, the, the Beggs type schools, the, you know, the Viands, the, I mean, th- those kids, there are, there are big time football players playing in these small town schools that I think once they get over there, they're so athletic and they're so big and physical, the speed of the game is not going to overwhelm them, especially at a position like safety. I think that's a yeah. position that, that he'll be able to go in there and, and contribute early. Um, I think, you know, just like the kid from Booker T last year that went to K- to went to um, Michigan that Chris was just referring to, you know, the guy's playing as a true freshman, you know, at Michigan. Now, I know Michigan's down this year, but, boys, it's still Michigan and it's still the yeah. Big Ten. And, you know, if, if 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 you pick Texas A&M, a guy like Jimbo Fisher signs off on giving you a scholarship, <laughs> you know, you could play a little foosball, right? So, I mean, I, I think he's going to be a superstar, I, I will say, Chris, can you pop the list back up real quick for me? Uh, yeah. I, I want to. The uh, I will say this, and and I'm, and it's going to sound like I'm going after this kid. I I think the Javion Hunt Ken, I'm surprised that he's, uh, that he's going to an SEC school. To be quite honest, just my own personal opinion. I think you know we've watched him a lot over the years. Very very good high school football player. But I think I've seen a lot of other people that I was much more impressed with. Um, definitely the kid out of Stillwater. We don't see his name anywhere on any list. Uh, all he did was run for what? <laughs> Forty thousand yards. Uh, huh? Quantrell. Huh? Quantrell Walker. You know, and I, my question is, is why is he not on here? Now there could be a lot of reasons for that. Maybe he's gonna need Measurable. to go the JUCO route for yeah, maybe he's going to need to go the JUCO route for a little bit. I think Quantrell's only 5'8", 5'7", 5'8". That's probably it. There was a guy out of Wichita, Kansas who was about 5'8". that turned out to be pretty good. His name was Barry Sanders. So the measurables aren't always right, and by no means am I saying that Quantrell Walker is going to be Barry Sanders. But what I am simply saying is sometimes this isn't an exact science, and you can put up these massive numbers, go back to what we talked about to start the show, you put up these massive, unbelievable, gaudy numbers and do it for four years. Uh, the kid ran for fifteen hundred yards at least every year of his high school career. Just, a, just a freak of nature. Nowhere on early signing day, and and to be quite honest, I've seen him have no real Division One offers. So why isn't he going to they, Tulsa? They, well, they you got to offer him before you can go there. I, I know, but I mean, why would they not want that kid? Well, that's what I'm saying. It might be a deal where the young man needs to go the route of Juco for whatever reason for a year or two. I mean, who knows? I mean, there could be a variety of reasons. But but I think when you look at the quality of the kids that got away, the Williams kid I, I agree with, the Baylor, um, you know, the, the Smith kid, Isaac Smith, he, all he is is 6'6", 240, uh, played at Kowita, then for his freshman, sophomore year. Then he went to to Wagner's junior, senior year. He Not only does he look the part uh, on the hoof, he looks the part when the whistle blows. I mean, he he's a yeah. player, Chris. I know that you remember him from this past weekend. He was, if he wasn't making a tackle, he was disrupting everything in the backfield, or he was he was putting pressure on the quarterback, flushing people out. I mean, he's a force to be reckoned with. When you're six six and you're athletic and you play defensive end, um, you're going to get a lot of offers, and you're going to have an opportunity to be a player. Still, comes down to does he does his body. Does he fill out his body? There's no reason why he shouldn't. Um, You know, he'll probably be a kid that's 6'6", 265, 270, and can still run. You know, that's – and he'll probably end up being a heck of a ball player for Texas Tech.